0: Or a dryer available to you? No
1: I do, but it still takes quarters. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. That's funny. Listen, we know you pay rent, like arms and legs just to live here. Plus all your other modern expenses. But we're gonna charge you three fifty every time you want to do a load of laundry. So you can suck it. Tenant tenant? Tenant?
0: Tenant. tenant. Christopher Nolan's tenant. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That was what I initially thought of when he was making Tenet. I was like, oh, it's a movie about a guy living in Laguna Beach. Just renting. In <laughs> <laughs> his daily struggles. It's a bachelor. It's probably about him and his youth trying to get into film school and not getting in. Story of my life. Film school always, to me, seemed like mostly a waste of money. Not a waste of time, but like a waste of money. But maybe that's just my naivety peeking out again. Naivete? My throbbing naivety. Naivete? <laughs> <laughs> naivety
0: is the naive way of saying naivete.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not known for my pronunciation of words. I just saw your calendar on the wall. <laughs> Has that
0: always been there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: It's just a gorilla sitting in a
0: clearing. I haven't put it to June yet.
1: Just sitting there and staring at the camera.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Uh -oh. you found me. (laughs) I want to touch on another awesome thing that just came out, but not a lot of people have been talking about because we've just been flooded with content lately. It's like 2020 is over 2021. Everyone's going to be getting out again, particularly in the middle of the summer So all the content that was delayed for a year and a half is now just dropping. But this one in particular is so interesting because it's truly artful. And I just wanted to talk about it because I think it's worth talking about. What is it? It's called Master of None, Master of None. Mm, (laughs) No subheader. (laughs) And this is Aziz Ansari's sort of auteur television show, much like Donald Glover's Atlanta or uh, even Little Dickie has been doing with Dave. It's a fascinating show that's very artistic. Um, seasons one and two were really, really good, highly, highly critically acclaimed. And I really adored those seasons of television. And he kind of is at the state now where he has been doing so well that he's like, I can just make this whenever I want. Netflix will green light it. And uh, he hasn't done another season for about three years, maybe a little bit over three years. And he decided to make one during COVID. And this one in particular, he did something extremely different from what he was doing before in the old seasons he sort of had this common through line of following himself as the main character and he touches on a few other kind of side characters that got really popular because of their kind of features within the seasons of the past seasons that he created and the most popular character was lena waif's character of denise and she plays a gay woman who had a few episodes kind of centering around that and her coming out to her family, her mom, and Aziz's character, Dev, being there to support her. They're kind of like brother, sister. They're not actually brother and sister, but they are that much in each other's lives. So she is the main focus of this season, and this season's shorter. It's five episodes instead of about ten, which I think the other ones are, so it's half the length. And it has this subtitle to it called Moments in Love, and it is just a very different style. It's kind of a new feeling, new tone, new look for the show. But personally, I believe that it has some similar through line feeling that the other seasons have captured, which is it's very introspective and it's kind of existential, but more introspective in asking kind of the questions of what is my purpose here, as far as how am I doing in my life? How am I doing in my relationships with others? That's kind of the theme of the show as a through line. And so that theme is very similar in this season. So this picks up sometime later then seasons one and two, and you're following Denise, and she's now married to Naomi Aki, whose character's name is Alicia. They decided to get married. The first episode is kind of just a picture or portrait of them being in love, how awesome their relationship is, the highs of their relationship, and then they decide to try to have a child. And they have a miscarriage, Naomi Aki's character being the one who's going to be bearing the child. And she has a miscarriage, and it kind of all goes to shit after that. And that's kind of episode one. And then episode two follows sort of the disintegration of their marriage. Denise ends up cheating on her, which is like sort of the opposite of what they were building in episode one, because they really did seem to be in love with one another. And then episode three follows the fallout and it's a shorter episode. It follows the fallout of their divorce and them getting a divorce. then episode four follows Naomi, Aki, Alicia, as she uh, tries to have a kid again alone this time with the same guy that they were using before, who was a mutual friend of both of them. And this episode, episode four was really Man, that was probably the most powerful episode because it really follows the in vitro process. And I've read some articles that have said it's like, it's probably the most realistic, dramatic portrayal of the in vitro process that's ever been represented in media or in like television or film. And having friends that have gone through that process, my brother being one of them, it's really intense. It's super crazy. You know, sometimes you get a doctor that's there to help and other times you get a doctor that's just has zero bedside manner and doesn't seem helpful at all. And, and uh, the highs and lows of trying to have a child and not being able to have a child on your own and dealing with the fears of miscarriage and all the pills that you're taking and sort of the the really heavy, weighty fright that comes with the emotion behind all of that. It's very intense, very, very heavy, that episode. And she did it alone. She did it alone after the divorce. And then I love though that they did this episode because this season was called moments in love. And this is another, like each episode was a sort of a portrayal of a high or low of what it means to love or be in love or try to love. And this episode alone was sort of to show the relationship and the struggle or the, uh, the drive of this woman to bring a child into the world. She's focused on this ideal of having a child that she already loves and is uh, trying to bring into the world. And so uh, then that episode ends. And then episode five is really fascinating. Uh, That was probably my favorite, actually. So they lived out in what they called upstate New York, which was sort of like a farmhouse. It was shot in England. The whole season of television was of Master of None was shot in England because they were quarantined there, kind of all shot within, mostly within this farm and then some stuff in the car or at the hospital, which seemed like the only other location that they were at besides this farmhouse. And the way that they worked that out was really interesting. But so this farmhouse that they owned together, because Denise in this life has become successful by becoming a successful author. So she had all this money and so did uh, Naomi Aki and they bought this farmhouse together that they really, really liked. It was really cute, very rustic, very British, but it's supposed to be upstate New York. Uh, It's supposed to be upstate New York. And anyway, when they got divorced, they sold it. And so this episode and episode five, it was them sort of as like old friends and lovers who had just, you know, they spent, maybe 10 years together, coming together again and spending a weekend back at their old house, their farmhouse, now completely redone interiors are different and everything, because those people that own that house now put it as an Airbnb listing. And so they spend a weekend there, I don't know, five-ish years later, and they're now both either remarried or dating other people. But because of their connection, they spend this weekend together just being in each other's presence without any bitterness or harshness that ended their relationship in the first place. It's a really beautiful episode. I really, really enjoyed it. Anyway, just another really artful piece of media from Aziz Ansari. And the thing that made it most interesting for me was how it was shot. It was all shot on the 16 millimeter. And so it was all shot on film and it was sometimes out of focus, sometimes grainy. Sometimes, you know, the scenes in the dark or the low light didn't look too good, but it actually made it look, in my opinion, better because you had that sort of classic film look. There were literally zero dolly or camera movements throughout this whole season. Every single shot was put on sticks or static to an extent where it might have been placed on a table or in a corner somewhere but there were no camera movements, the whole thing was shot static, where the camera had no movement to it, which really gave it this feeling of sort of peering into these characters' lives, and you're kind of peeking into this life, rather than really being up front in center with the emotion. You still got the emotion, you still felt a lot of the weight of every decision these characters made, and action that they went through, but it gave it sort of this haunting, I'm Getting a glimpse inside someone else's life, kind of thing, which was really, really interesting. The cinematographer, his name was—I'm going to butcher this because it's fully Greek—Femios Bakatakis, <laughs> <laughs> and he's been a frequent collaborator with Yorgos Lanthimos. Oh, who's a really popular DP who did films like uh, *Dog Tooth* and *The Lobster*. And so Aziz reached out to him and was like, hey, I have this idea. And Femios was like, yeah, let's do this. So anyway, Aziz has been on the record by saying this is one of the hardest things he's ever done. I think particularly because of the precautions they had to take. Uh, because it was shot during COVID 19 and them all really being sort of quarantined at this house together again with the, sort of the one or two locations elsewhere. They did have a couple city shots in was New York. Was it shot in one to one? Yeah. The whole thing also was shot in one to one or four by three. I'm not sure, but it was like that massively square look, like Lighthouse was or something. And I can't say that this was my favorite work of Master None. I might have liked season two more, but. To me, it's worth noting because it was extremely unique. Hardly anyone is making stuff like this these days and taking that risk of like shooting all on film. Everything is static, no camera movements. It looks interesting. You're getting sort of these vignettes of these people's lives, and it's just done in a really emotional way where sometimes you're hanging on the characters for a long time as they're sort of just processing in their own minds, what just sort of happened to them. It's not like cutting from scene to scene really quickly. It hangs for a long time and it lets the camera play out and the actors play out. And another thing I read was that Aziz as the director, cause he directs every episode, he said this season in particular, he was, he had very little prep time with the actors, every actor, even before the scene that they were shooting took place, he would just kind of set them up and they would do a take, and he would let the actors choose whether they wanted to do another take or not. But he really was sort of hands-off as a director. He would, he would talk about it with them, you know, they would go over the script, but then he would let the actors really drive how much emotion they wanted to put into that character or that scene which is, I think, honestly, some of the best directing I've ever seen. And I, I look to David Lynch as an example, because I've watched him direct a few times through like behind the scenes videos and stuff. But he does something really similar. He just kind of sets up the scene and lets the actor kind of do what he needs them to do. But they're sort of hands off. He's sort of hands off in that way, which is really cool. I think you get more because you're letting the actors make the decisions for their characters, which is fun.
1: It's bold of him to do that right in the middle of his show that had already established such a an identity for itself. Yeah. That's crazy. And that's why I wonder if it's going to be, or if it has been received well or not, because people are like, I wanted more Master of None season two, and they got instead a very slow and introspective thing, like you said.
0: Yeah. It hasn't been as critically successful as the other seasons, but I think for a lot of the more auteur appreciators and the more high art people, it, it was pretty well received. I really enjoyed it. To me, it was a really memorable piece of art. That's what it felt like to me. And so even if like in all of the history of television, it probably won't be recognized as being something that was uh, extremely noteworthy, but you know, I really enjoyed it. I, I liked it for the art that it was. I don't see many seasons of television that look and feel like this. So I thought it was definitely worth at least doing a short episode about. So thanks for listening to me again.
1: Yeah. I'm glad he found an audience. He made it for you, Aziz did. <laughs> I really liked it. Season three. It's always cool to watch an artist develop their style and yeah. grow. Yeah. So I'm all for them taking chances.
0: Aziz has a lot of future and potential, I think, to do even greater than this. I would like to see a collaboration between him and the Grecian dude again. <laughs>
1: yeah, the Grecian guy. <laughs>
0: Bakatakis.
1: Bakatakis.
0: Yeah, Master and season three. You should check it out. Here's something from season three maybe it's a clip or maybe a piece of music let's say yeah we're at a party mm-hmm. Maxwell's playing love him you don't know me mm-hmm. i don't know you and i ask you on a date would you say yes
1: say yes now.